beautiful game. This is your moment. Hey football fans, welcome to the Elite Pundit Show. I'm your host, Brian Emeka. It's going to be another exciting episode today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. It's been an interesting end to the season. The final day was maybe not as dramatic as I expected it to be. It was definitely tense um, for a lot of Premier League clubs. Obviously relegation was sorted out. The league was long sorted out, so that wasn't even an issue. Um, mostly European places, Champions League, Europa League, that was finalized. Um, barring, you know, Arsenal winning the FA Cup and getting into the Europa League, I think, or something like that. But um, no, the, the the final the final day of the season, pretty much for me, as a Manchester United fan, highlighted Manchester United season, the final the final game. It wasn't great to watch. The defense did its job and Bruno Fernandes swooped in and converted a crucial penalty for Manchester United to pretty much push them into the Europa League. I mean, the Champions League. Yeah, I'm so used to saying United and Europa League. It's I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that's not happening this season. But United are in the Champions League. And just mentally, I wasn't jumping around celebrating. I think there's been a lot of people coming out and saying United fans are happy they finished third and they're in the Europa League. And um, I keep saying Europa League uh, because <laughs> the Champions League. I mean, this just kind of highlights the biggest problem I would say as a United fan, we've been in the Europa League far too often and I have to constantly remind myself that we're actually in the Champions League, not because it's a surprise. No, I, I grew up on, you know, Manchester United always been in the Champions League. It's just this past seven years outside of Salex Ferguson, I think United have only been in the Champions League for two seasons, maybe three. Um, that's not good. And when United have been in the Champions League, it's not as if it's been this great performance. It's been horrible. So how can United ensure being in the Champions League this season is not a waste of everyone's time? Because I just don't want United to be Anana also also kind of, you know, uh, 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 no offense, you know, to any team, but like a, a Celtic that just get in there and are useless. I want United to, if possible, push for a semi-final place. I'm not saying United can win it. That would be kind of ridiculous um, because there are so much stronger teams than United right now. But compete and really compete. So how can United ensure that? I think this last three, four games for United in the Premier League kind of highlighted the problem United have. They cannot rotate that squad because it becomes far too unbalanced. It lacks pace. It lacks energy. It lacks skill, it lacks determination. And honestly, United have to really recruit pretty strongly in this window. I'm hearing United want only three players. They need five. They need five. They need five players to make this team worthy of being in the Champions League. Worthy of even competing against Liverpool and Manchester City. Not even winning, but just competing. Because United will be stuck where they are right now. Third place, maybe, if they don't invest heavily. 
I know there's COVID-19 going on. I know it's tough financially, but Manchester United can absorb it. I don't want to hear excuses. We've had seven years of excuses. This is the one opportunity when United actually look like a club that is worth transferring to for a lot of young talent. So why don't you go out there and show everyone in Europe that Manchester United mean business? I'm speaking to Ed Woodward and the board and for everyone else who don't understand how crucial this point is. I've seen Liverpool for years come to this point. They finish third, they finish second. All right, go out there and push. You don't do it. You you end up either regressing or staying where you are. Other teams in the Premier League are pushing. You think Jose Mourinho, even though he's not like, he's not the Mourinho we know, you think he's just going to stay there? He'll play his, pack the boss football and get Tottenham into the top four. He did it with United. So, I am saying that United need to find a way to stay on the right course. And that has to do with signing the right players. United do not have the depth. We know that. They don't have the depth uh, of players and talent in the squad. Obviously, some of the players United want are expensive, and it's going to be hard to recruit certain players. Hopefully, United can get a few good deals. And if you're actually looking for a good deal for yourself, not every purchase has to be expensive you can get yourself the lawnmower 3.0 from manscaped i'm happy to say support for this show is brought to you by manscaped who right now are the best below the belt men's grooming product providing company out there right manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels and i'm probably forever going to question why i say that but it is the truth i am just saying um, outside of that, Manscaped just launched in the UK. We men really probably have gone years without the right tools for the job. And trust me, I am not putting the scissors close to that. That is as risky as leaving Theo Jones in Manchester United's defense. It is going to end horribly. Um, but for right now, you can be one of the first men in England to experience life-changing products. Um, not as life-changing as probably what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, experienced as becoming Manchester United manager, but pretty darn close. Now, listen, we've been there. You're trying to use a regular shaver or crazy like Phil Jones and using a pair of scissors and it hasn't ended well. I've been there. I still remember the flashbacks. Not so good. Uh, but that's why Manscaped has um, redesigned this electric trimmer. Um, the Manscaped um, engineering team has perfected the greatest ball head, <laughs> the greatest ball head trimmer ever created. All right, I'm laughing because I've used it, and it sounds like I don't want to say it's like an incredible experience, but it's an incredible experience. And you know, they've just released this new improved lawnmower 3.0 in the UK, right? Um, the third generation trimmer features cotton edge ceramic blade um, to reduce manscaping incidents. Like I said, we've all been there. And I want to tell you this is a premium product, alright? It feels good in the hand. It is a solid build. It is waterproof. It's going to last as long as 19 minutes on just one single charge. Uh, one of the coolest features really, it has LED lights to help you reach places that, you know, not everyone can get to but yourself. 
so um it's gonna help you in those really um tight grooming areas for closer precision trimming they've also upgraded the model to um 7000 rpm it's pretty strong for a electric razor all right now they call it quiet stroke technology and let's not forget about the charging stand okay um you can pretty much put this in any area show it off or if you're like me you put it on your you know bathroom counter or maybe in the uh bathroom closet right there and like i said it's waterproof you don't have to worry about anything so if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience this for yourself let us make sure we are not walking around looking like i said maroon fellaini in our pants get 20 percent off right now with free shipping with the code pondit at manscape.com your balls thank you once again get 20 percent off free shipping with the code pondit at manscaped.com don't be like Kepper at chelsea save your balls by shaving your balls keep more clean sheets all you need to do is shave them all right use the code like i've told you pundit the link is in the description of this podcast on my twitter thank you for tuning in i hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show we've already seen aston villa say that Grealish is not leaving for 80 million i think that price is going to come down i think it's going to come down by around 15. i think united can tie up Grealish for around 50 million you know one-time fee and 10 million or 50 million in add-ons i think it will end up being something like that i think united get Grealish, and he it is important that united get Grealish. not saying that i do not rate van der beek who's a cheaper option but for me what Grealish offers is so much better. With Grealish, you almost have two players in one. And he highlighted that for Aston Villa this season. Someone that can play in midfield comfortably. Someone that is creative, that can lead. And someone that can play off the left or even off the right. Those kind of players are few and far between. He's almost like a... I don't want to call him a Park Ji Sung because I don't think he, he necessarily has that level of work rate. But that flexibility, man, Salex relied on players like that to bridge the gap. Because listen, you can't always have the number of talent that you want in your squad. But when you have a player that can play one, two, three positions at a high level, you go for it. And this is why United, I believe Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will go for him because... It's all well and good getting Van der Beek, but really you're only playing him in one position. Maybe two. And that would be in Bruno if Bruno is injured. Um, you're playing him in Pogba's role. I'm not saying he would, he would do bad or he's worse than Grealish. Or, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying you got to look at the bigger picture. What is Grealish going to offer you? I think he's going to offer a lot more to the squad. Forget that he's English. Forget that he's going to be probably slightly overpriced. Stop thinking like that. United need what United need. I am telling you. For me, Grealish is the one to go for. He just is. He just is. No offense to Van der Beek. I like him. He's a talented footballer. I think he's even slightly underrated. But Grealish to me just offers so much more to the team and to the squad that it would it would it would it would be annoying in a sense for me because I know what he can do. So okay. Let's say Manchester United can tie in Sancho and they can tie in Grealish. That's a lot of money spent right there. 
I know United are not going to sign a left back unless it's some young player they've been linked to this uh, sporting left back the Mendes um, fella that you know he just broke through and it's a little bit too early to go for a play like that in my opinion so what do you need I think you need a stopgap obviously Luke Shaw has not done too horribly this season but he's we can't just rely on Luke Shaw on left back. So what do you need? What does Manchester United need to do to allow them to maybe sign someone of the talent of Davies that's coming up in a few seasons? I think they need someone that can play centre-back and left-back. And I think that's what Ole is looking at with a left-footed centre-back or defender. To be honest, I think he said defender. I don't know if he said centre-back. But I think United need to go for Ake from Bournemouth. I think they, they can offer um, Bournemouth maybe a few players on loan. I don't know whatever how they will structure a deal. But you get Ake and you sign King. I know some people are going to be like, why? Why would you sign Josh King? I'm not saying he's the best backup striker option United can get. But an attacking player that is going to press, that's strong, that's quick. He has the physical attributes that will be required to be uh, someone impactful on the bench. Is he the most technically gifted player? No. But he has the desire and energy, I believe, to really um, cover the three positions in the front three. United are not Liverpool. They are also not Chelsea. Those two teams do not have amazing Greenwood. They just don't. So you have to factor that. I know United were looking at Haaland and I think, to be honest, Mason Greenwood's physical development has been a lot stronger than I thought it would be in the last three, four months. I think he's a lot stronger than anyone at Manchester United expected. And let's be real, even Martial at that point, well, he was trying, and this was back in January. Were we sure of Martial? It doesn't mean that Manchester United next season won't be like, you know, let's go sign Haaland. I don't think that's not going to be the case. It could happen. But I'm just saying, this summer, the priority is Sancho. And after that, it's probably Grealish. So you, you, you need maybe one more solid signing. And for me, that's Ake. I think who will provide good depth in the back uh, four. And after that, what are you looking for? I would like another top-level Jimenez signing for four, for the fourth one. Raul Jimenez is a player I love. I don't think it's going to happen. Unfortunately. So, potentially, I think what could happen is United going to Bournemouth and being like, I mean, it's possible United might not sign King. It's not a foregone conclusion, even though almost everything points to potentially that happening. It's not, it's not so likely that United might not sign Ake. They're looking at some other players. Paul Torres being one. Uh, Gabriel from Lille being another one. So, Potentially, United could sign someone else. But I think the defender, to be completely honest with you, is probably not going to be... It might, it might be Rondon from Swansea. I, I don't know if that would be the case. I think United needs something a little bit more um, in terms of PL experience. Or just... Either you go for PL experience with IK or you go for talent in Paul Torres or Gabriel. I don't want Rodon. No offense to him. Um, but I just think United need a little bit more in that department. I think Ike for me would be perfect because he can play left back. 
I think he's strong. He's quick. He's d- decent in the air. Um, he's someone that would come in and look to push Maguire and Lindelof. And let's remember, Twan Zebe is a player that Manchester United rates really, really, really highly. There's also young Mendy, uh, Mengi. And there's also Eric Bailly, who, despite the concussion, has been mostly fit for the last um, half of the season. So, there's options there. The defense, I'm a little less worried about. I just think adding Ake would, for me, settle my mind because if Luke Shaw just gets injured, I don't want to see Brandon Williams. He's not as good as a left back. I think Brandon could be moved to cover Wan-Bissaka on the right because Ole obviously does not value Dalo. In my opinion, maybe go sign a Tellez, who... Honestly, I'm surprised no one is clamoring down to sign him. He has a really low um, transfer fee. I think less than 25 million pounds. Why is nobody pushing for him? It looks like Chelsea are going to sign Chilwell. If I'm United, I would send Dalo, maybe 10 million, and get Teles. I just don't understand why United don't do some really straightforward things. And still sign. I, I mean, United can't sign the number of players required. It doesn't have to be this really clever transfer, sign Ike to play posi- two positions. It can be, you sign Ike, you sign Teles. You go into midfield, you sign Grealish. You go into attack, you sign Sancho. And maybe you scout some kind of young defensive midfielder that can come in. I know everybody's favorite right now is Declan Rice. Um, it's just the problem with Declan Rice is going to be too, too expensive. Maybe United can offer some players. Lingard can be part of the deal. But I just don't see United having the, the not the finances, but the, the determination to go sign a player like Declan Rice right now. It looks like something that could maybe happen next summer if he's still at West Ham. So we'll see what happens. But for me, United need five players. If United were serious, maybe they added Raul Jimenez to Sancho and Grealish. That would be incredible. But that's not going to happen, unfortunately, because they are going to demand at least £45 million. Pounds, and United are not going to sign someone like that to play on the bench. Again, this is where the flexibility of... Of... Um, of Jack Grealish comes in. You can play up the left. I know some people are like, no, no Rashford. We don't want to play Rashford down the center. Understandable. But I'm just saying, if push comes to shove, Rashford can play as a center forward. It's not the best. But I think with um, with Grealish's ball-carrying ability, it'll be a little bit more balanced because he's going to be looking to you know, pass in certain ways that might be more beneficial for Rashford. And obviously, with Sancho playing down the right, Greenwood in the team, I think you can cover a lot more spots with Jack Grealish coming in. If I was Manchester United anyway, that's how I'd be looking at it. So, a summer, let's let's recap it, a summer that looks like Jack Grealish coming in, Jaden Sancho coming in, maybe uh, I don't want to say, it's tough because Manchester are looking at Ake too. And look like they might be pushing for a deal for him as well. But I I don't know. But let's let's just say an Ake comes in, right? And you sign King to those four players. 
that's not a horrible window. That I think that was that's probably a seven seven out of ten, maybe an eight out of ten window. A ten ten would be if you added another big player to that, like a Raul Jimenez or a Declan Rice. That would be like wow, okay, that's a hor hor uh, awesome window. So ultimately, Manchester United have their destiny in their own hands. We can continue in this mediocrity or Manchester United board at Woodward. Ole can push this club up to the next level. And that is to really be competing with the Liverpools, Manchester City's, Barcelona's, Real Madrid, PSG's. Really being up there and not just being, we're kind of here, but we're not really good enough to be here. But what, what, what just getting by? No, really being a respected club again. This summer is huge for that. Two players will not be enough. Three players is barely tolerable. Four players for me is okay, you've done something. Five would be yeah, alright, I'm looking forward to next season with confidence. So that's just my opinion with that. And we'll see what United do in the summer window. Obviously Sancho looks like the deal they're working on right now. I think Sancho has the possibility of being done pretty quickly. In my opinion, because United have been working on this deal for a long time. Um, probably in a week, in my opinion. Probably in a week, Sancho could be, could be done, if not sooner. Sancho would add such a huge dynamic to the squad. A ball-carrying player, someone who's skillful, dribbling. He's going to draw attention to himself. He's going to be in space. He's going to know how to maneuver, uh, to move around and maneuver in that right wing zone. And over kind of centrally as well. Which would create space for Wan-Bissaka. When it comes to crossing. So I think he's an important chess piece. A lot of people are like, wow, it's a lot of money. A lot of money. A hundred million pounds. Oh my God. And I'm like, it's not going to be a hundred million pounds. It's just not going to be. It's probably going to be like 90 million pounds and some add-ons. That's a very good deal for Dortmund in this market. It's just the reality. I think that's a good deal for Manchester United too. If you can get a, a Sancho that can be at Manchester United top level for 10 years, that's a wonderful deal. So I'm not too flustered about that. If you can sign Sancho and Grealish, that's, that's, am that's amazing. That's amazing. I would give kudos for Manchester United for that. Um, but the players that come around those two are also as important. So we'll see what happens. And, you know, just, just to move away from the summer window, let's talk a little bit about um, the season as a whole. Because we've seen people from ESPN, we've seen the Twitter heads, we've seen the so-called pundits come out and say that Manchester United should be disappointed with the season. Yeah, we're disappointed because obviously Liverpool won the league. Manchester United want to be winning league titles, of course. The first half of the season was garbage. The second half of the season was respectable. 14 unbeaten, which included the likes of Chelsea, Manchester City, Tottenham. Sheffield United, Wolves. That's a respectable run. I think won nine games, drew five or uh, something like that. That's a respectable run. So, obviously scoring a lot of goals, getting probably, I think, the second most points or the most points in that running. And then you have to credit that. Obviously, Bruno Fernandes coming in was huge for that. And people are right now starting to say Bruno Fernandes is overrated. People forget that he just joined. He is going to get better. People do not understand the mentality and the, the level of Bruno. 
He just joined. He's learning the league himself. But people are so on him and judging him so quickly. And I'm like, he just he just literally joined in January, guys. He hasn't even had a full season yet. He's going to get better. He's going to be a huge player for Manchester United. Um, so we'll see how that, that, that works. I think Bruno was a fantastic signing. I wanted him in the summer. So I don't know why United didn't do that deal. Maybe United would have been much closer to City if that deal had happened. I think most likely they would have been. But maybe Bruno gets a lot more tired a lot more sooner. So he come in at a time that six months to play, not a full season. Maybe he would have burnt out earlier. We saw Daniel James burn out. But again, that's the two levels of, of ability and skill. Different. Different circumstances. And I just want to speak a little bit of Daniel James because I'm seeing people say, Oh, Manchester United, Daniel James is this horrible signing. He came in and was Manchester United's most, uh, created most goals with a lot of assists. He's got a decent amount of return. Is he the most skillful technical player at age 21? No. Is he the direct runner? He's not as strong as I want him to be. I think people have been a little bit too harsh on Daniel James. A little bit too harsh. He's been rubbish. I'll be completely honest with you. He's been rubbish in the last six months or so but his career at Manchester United is not over people need to relax Jesus okay relax let him recharge his batteries let the coaches walk with him I think he'll be a useful player in that Manchester United squad alright you guys are being way too critical just breathe a little bit he's not rubbish he can be a useful player in that squad. So we'll see how you know the players return from the season. Obviously, there's the Europa League to play for. A lot of people are wondering if United should just use the youth players. I think for Lask, definitely United are going to play people like Lard and Ghana and Levitt and whatnot. And Jesse Lingard and Dallo and so many other players that are probably going to be on the transfer list. That should happen against Lask, definitely. Rest the key players. Depending on who you get in the next round. Maybe you won't play more of the B team. So, I would like United to win the Europa League. That would be a nice little cherry on the top of the season. Finishing third, getting in Champions League, winning the Europa League. That would be that would be great. But I don't know if Oli's full focus would be on the Europa League. Um, especially seeing how fatigued this team was ending the season. So, all in all, when you factor in the whole season as a whole... The top performance, uh, the big results against teams like Manchester City, Chelsea, Tottenham. You're like, okay, there's a potential in this team that could lead to something. But like I said, the summer is a huge part of where this potential is going to go. So let me talk a little bit about um, my players of the, you know, players that I've been really impressed by. And they've been, they've been mostly new signings. You know, people like Juan Bissaka, Maguire coming in has been huge for that defense. Call them overrated, call them not good enough, question parts of their game, completely understandable, but you cannot deny that they have not improved the Manchester United defense. Just for set pieces alone, I feel a lot more confident. I'm like, Maguire, get your head on this. And he does most of the time. Juan Bissaka shot down that right-hand side. People are now judging him so harshly because he's tired. 
he's tired, man. He's played that right-hand side up and down, up and down, up and down by himself most of the time while playing with Daniel James who's not been on form this whole season. And he's still bagged four assists in the league. Come off it, man. Like, Jesus, you guys are, I mean, can be so rabid with your opinions. There's no context. There's no, there's no perspective. Wan-Bissaka is one of the best right-backs in world football, not even just in the Premier League. People think that you can just transition from playing in, in whatever European country and you just think you can carry that form easily into the Premier League. It's very, very freaking competitive. I'm not saying the Premier League is the best technical league in the world. It's just the level of work. It is sapping. Especially at a club like Manchester United. It is not easy. So, Wan-Bissaka is probably up there. Top three players of the season performing performance-wise. And you look after that. Um, Maguire is, is up there. Rashford is definitely up there. But, you know, we, we haven't seen that explosive Rashford that just ignited where he was just on fire. I think he's still kind of recovering from his injury, in my opinion. And hopefully, at the start of the season, he'll be a lot sharper. Um, Martial, I think, in the restart has been incredible. Before that, he was good. But I just think in the restart, he's been a lot stronger as a center forward. Quicker, more dynamic. Um, they can help stick pressure off the defense. Can he get better? Of course. We expect Martial to keep getting better. Keep getting better. But he's done well this season. You cannot discredit that from him. Rashford and Martial have done well. There's no need comparing both of them. On comparing who has more penalty goals and all that nonsense. It's completely unnecessary. So, my player of the year for the Premier League, uh, before we get to Manchester United. Um, Premier League has been interesting this season. Obviously, Liverpool, by far away, the best team in the Premier League. Is the one standout person, I would say. I mean, for Liverpool, for me, it would be Mane, who is probably their key player, not even Salah. Um, but Premier League player of the season, you, you can't take it away from Kevin De Bruyne, who has been um, exceptional. Yes, crossing match, whatever, but he's a very effective player. What, 20 assists or something like that, or 19? Um, good amount of goals. Take him out of that city side and they don't look as threatening. So, for me, Kevin De Bruyne is the player of the season. Um, manager of the season. I, 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 It's tough because at first I was thinking Wilder. I might still give it to Chris Wilder because no one expected Sheffield to even finish that high um, for me. People would be like, why not Klopp? I'm like, well, Klopp already finished with 97 points last season. Finishing 99 this season. Don't get me wrong, it's a big achievement, but he pretty much said piss off the rest of the competitions to focus on the league. I think what Chris Wilder has done with Sheffield has been remarkable because no one expected it. With Liverpool, you kind of expected it. So for me, manager of the season has to be Chris Wilder. Incredible, incredible what he's done with Sheffield United and I really respect him as a manager. Um, for Manchester United, player of the season... It's a tough one because in different parts of the season, someone was the best. For me, who has been the most consistent performer throughout that whole period? When everyone was good here or this person was good there. For me, it has to be um, Wan-Bissaka. Wan-Bissaka is my player of the season. Um, I know this Rashford 
close. I know, and I know this. Um, Bruno probably comes really close too, but it's kind of hard to do that when he only played half a season. So for for me, Juan Bisaka is my pre, uh, my player of the season for Manchester United. He's been incredible, completely consistent, four assists. When people say he can't attack, um, lots to prove. Just 22 years old, going to get better. Solid defender, probably the best one v one defender in the Premier League, if definitely the best. So love the kid. He's going to get better and better for Manchester United. And people just need to get off his back a little bit because he is completely shattered right now. But he's been the most consistent performer. And for me, that consistency is what I'm giving him my play of the season. Um. So, yeah, that those are my thoughts, really, of the Premier League. I, I, I do want to do a live show. I do want to do a live show uh, and really get your fan opinion and see what you guys are going to think of the um of the season as a whole and that would be a great discussion to have for sure but all in all thank you guys for tuning in i really appreciate you coming on today and listening to my podcast make sure if you want to always get my podcast updates follow me on twitter at the elite pundit subscribe to my podcast on spotify wherever it is itunes share with your family and friends that are manchester united fans or just football fans in general and i hope you guys keep enjoying the show keep on supporting me keep on enjoying your life Thank you for tuning in once again. I'll see you guys next week.